Today is Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021, and this is Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. We'll start it off with that weather command forecast. For the rest of your Wednesday, partly cloudy, highs in the mid-50s. Southwest winds 10 to 20 miles an hour. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming mostly cloudy. Lows 30 to 35 with southwest winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Thursday, mostly cloudy in the morning, becoming partly cloudy. Highs around 60, south winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Thursday night, breezy and mostly cloudy in the evening, then becoming partly cloudy. Lows 35 to 40, southwest winds 10 to 15 miles an hour, increasing to 15 to 25 after midnight. Friday, windy and sunny, highs 55 to 60. West winds 20 to 30 miles an hour. Friday night and Saturday, partly cloudy, lows 25 to 30, highs 50 to 55. Saturday night, mostly cloudy, lows 25 to 30. Sunday, partly cloudy, highs 45 to 50. Sunday night, mostly cloudy, lows around 25. Monday, partly cloudy, highs around 45. And Monday night and Tuesday, mostly cloudy, lows 20 to 25, with highs 40 to 45. We will start off with results from municipal elections along the High Line. We'll start with results for Blaine County. First, Chinook. In the race for mayor, former Sheriff Glenn Hustis received 222 votes, meaning he will be the next mayor of Chinook, as incumbent Keith A. Hansen earned 179 votes. For Ward 1 on the Chinook City Council, incumbent Robert L. Smith won the race with 121 votes, compared to 86 for Michael D. Radovich. And for Ward 2 City Council, Shannon R. Satleen pulled off the victory over incumbent Mitch Hyder, 140-41. For the City of Harlem, the only contested race was for mayor. Former State Senator Kim Hansen will be the mayor for a second time, as he defeated businessman Douglas Stewart, 87-69. Now we'll move over to Shoto County and start off with Fort Benton, where the new mayor will be Lanny L. Walker. He ended up with 461 votes compared to 22 for Joseph E. Curl. If that sounds like a large victory margin, that's because Joseph E. Curl unofficially pulled out of the race, but he did not actually withdraw his name from consideration. For Ward 3 City Council for Fort Benton, Vern Anderson was the winner with 134 votes, enough to defeat Natasha Hyken and Todd James Galbaugh, who earned 34 and 19 votes respectively. For Mayor of Geraldine, Kathy Bond earned 77 votes, while declared write-in Kirk Protzman received 23 votes. And for Geraldine Town Council, four candidates competed for two seats. Current Mayor Perry W. Joyce earned the most votes with 67, while Shea Clark took second with 59. And moving on to Phillips County, where there were contested races in Seiko, Dodson, and Malta. We'll start with Mayor of Seiko, and Wayne Woodall is the winner, with 57 votes, defeating L.A. Mac McIntosh, who received 20 votes. For Mayor of Dodson, Angel Araka is the apparent winner, as she earned 21 votes, just enough to hold off Glenn A. Dolphy, who received 19 votes. For Dodson Town Council, three candidates were competing for two seats. Francine Stiffarm took home the most votes with 30, while Skip Cole received 24 votes, just enough to take the second seat. Ava Welch finished third with 21 votes. And for Malta City Council Ward 1, 195 votes went to David Rummel, placing him ahead of Steen McFadden's 91 votes. For complete election results, you can head over to our website, HighlineToday.com. 
Haver's annual Everyone Loves a Firefighter food drive returns this Wednesday and Thursday. On Wednesday from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., firefighters will be collecting food at residences west of 5th Avenue. On Thursday from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., they will be collecting food at residences east of 5th Avenue. Cody McLean, vice president of the 601 Firefighters Union, says this is a non-contact food drive, so people should place non-perishable food items outside their front door and keep their porch light on. We're not asking for volunteers to help and the firefighters are going to handle the whole food drive again this year like we did last year and uh, we just appreciate everybody's support every year to help stock up the food bank for upcoming Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. All donations go directly to the Haver Food Bank. Following extensive debate and public comment at their regular monthly meeting on Monday evening, the Haver City Council voted 5-2 to two to table an ordinance that would reclassify Haver from a Class 1 city to a Class 2 city. The issue of what classification Haver should reside in has been discussed by the council and the community for decades. Class 1 cities have a population of over 10,000. However, an exception was carved out by the state legislature back in 2003 for towns with a population between 9 and 10,000. Many employees with the Haver Fire Department expressed trepidation at the move, citing a section of Montana Code that states Class 2 cities can opt to have both paid and volunteer firefighters. However, this change would have to be approved by the council. Opponents of the reclassification argued that the move would open up Haver to receiving grants that are only designated for Class 2. During the meeting, the council assured the public that there will not be cuts to public services as a result of reclassification. The issue of reclassification will be brought back up at the December 6th meeting. And now taking a look at local COVID updates for today. We will start with Hill County, which yesterday reported 11 new COVID cases, 15 recoveries, and one COVID-related death. Total case count for Hill County, 3,335, 63 active, 11 hospitalized, 3,208 recoveries, 64 deaths. Over in Blaine County, they announced that between Friday and Tuesday, they reported 24 new COVID cases, 24 recoveries, two hospitalization discharges. Also, they say that data cleanup with state partners has revealed one additional Blaine County death. Total COVID case count for Blaine County, 1,427, 82 active, 1 hospitalized, 1,318 recoveries, 27 deaths. Over in Phillips County, yesterday they reported 3 new COVID cases, 5 recoveries, and 1 new hospitalization. Total case count for Phillips, 818, 43 active, 6 hospitalized, 752 recoveries, 23 deaths. We did not receive COVID case updates as of late from Liberty or Shoto counties, so we'll move on to state news. And we'll start with the daily COVID case update from DPHHS. Today, the state of Montana reported 873 new COVID cases. That brings the cumulative total to 178,980. Active case count 9,052. Active hospitalizations 356. Death toll 2,396. Counties with the most new cases today, Yellowstone 142, Cascade 95, Missoula 83, Flathead 71, Gallatin 69, Lewis and Clark 63, Butte Silverbow 52. And looking at the vaccine update for today, total COVID vaccine doses administered in Montana, 1,113,818, with 506,997 Montanans fully immunized. That is 55% of the eligible population. 
On Monday, the Montana School Boards Association voted to leave the National School Boards Association, effective in June 2022. That date marks the conclusion of the term that they have already paid dues for. MTSBA Executive Director Lance Melton argues that the NSBA has decreased their effort when it comes towards helping local school boards by providing professional development and supporting quality education. Around 25 state school board associations have announced separations from the NSBA, according to Melton, who said they finalized their decision after the NSBA BA president penned a letter to President Joe Biden requesting help from federal law enforcement to deal with threats over COVID-19 regulations in schools. Melton said the letter was written without consent of other NSBA officers, the MTSBA, or other member organizations. Kaiser Health News reports that Governor Greg Gianforte's administration quashed plans for a public service campaign to promote COVID-19 vaccinations for eligible teenagers over the summer, according to former state health official Jim Murphy. That has led public health and medical experts to plan their own ad campaigns, in anticipation of the administration not publicly backing shots for kids five and up when those doses for children roll out. A spokesperson for Gianforte says they encourage parents to talk to their health care providers about getting their children vaccinated against COVID. Murphy said state health officials began discussing plans to launch public service campaigns for the vaccine under former Governor Steve Bullock, a Democrat. The plans included promotion of the vaccine for eligible teenagers, according to Murphy. Gianforte, a Republican, took office in January as the vaccines were rolling out across the country. In the months that followed, Murphy and other officials in the state health department began drafting language encouraging parents to get their teens vaccinated, he said. The governor's office had the ultimate say over what ended up in the ads and in late spring. Murphy said the Gianforte administration scrubbed references promoting vaccines for kids. Murphy said the Gianforte administration expressed concern that the ads could be viewed as undermining parental consent. Many officials inside DPHHS thought the concern was unfounded as medical providers, pharmacies, and public health departments administering shots all regularly deal with parental consent, he said. Gianforte's office said Murphy was not involved in the creation of promotional materials for COVID vaccines under the Gianforte administration. Murphy disputed that assertion and said many divisions within the health department, including the communicable disease and laboratory sections under his watch, helped craft vaccine public service announcements sent to the governor's office. The Flathead Beacon reports that Polson resident Sharon Whitworth, 56, has been charged with murder based on allegations she was the driver in a fatal hit-and-run. Lake County Sheriff Don Bell says 63-year-old Tanya Charles of Polson was walking along Huckleberry Lane in Pablo at 6 p.m. on Halloween when she was fatally struck by a vehicle being driven by Whitworth. Lake County investigators say the collision was intentional. Whitworth remains in the Lake County Detention Center and has been charged with a felony count of deliberate homicide. The Montana Free Press reports that more than 20 years after the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service deemed the Canada lynx a threatened species, the agency has agreed to prepare a recovery plan for the elusive forest-dwelling carnivores. Last week, the agency entered into a settlement agreement with six conservation groups that sued USFWS in 2020 over its management of lynx. The plaintiffs had argued that an agency assessment finding that the animals have recovered and therefore no longer require federal protections was motivated by politics and litigation fatigue rather than scientific evidence of lynx recovery. The lawsuit asked the U.S. District Court in Missoula to order USFWS to prepare a recovery plan, something the conservation groups said should have been done years before. That recovery plan should start taking shape in the coming months. According to the settlement agreement, the agency, quote, no longer intends to submit a proposed rule to delist lynx and will instead prepare a recovery plan for lynx, end quote. And now taking a look at wheat prices for today. Daily prices per bushel, Hill County winter wheat $7.64, spring wheat $10.15. 
Blaine County winter wheat 754, spring wheat 1010. Liberty County winter wheat 769, spring wheat 1015. Shoto County winter wheat 764, spring wheat 1015. And Phillips County winter wheat 749, spring wheat 1005. And now taking a look at funeral notices for today. Steve Helmbrecht, age 70, died of complications related to cancer October 21st in Seattle, Washington. Services will be held this Saturday, November 6th at 11 a.m. at St. Jude's Catholic Church. That's 440 7th Avenue in Haver. Memorial donations may be sent to the Highline Arts Council, the Archie Bray Foundation, or the Montana Professional Photographers of America. The service will be followed by a reception at the St. Jude's Social Hall inside the Parish Center. And that's going to do it for your Wednesday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Thanks for listening, and remember, seven days a week, we are your source for news and information. KOJM, KPQX, and HighlineToday.com. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Stay safe out on the roads, and please continue to do your part to help flatten the curve.